0: Well, for those of you who missed last week, we're in the midst of a sermon series on the unforced rhythms of grace. And this is our new tagline for our logo, which rolled out uh, last Sunday and is now on our social media sites. And uh, it comes from a passage in Matthew 11 when Jesus makes an invitation. So he's, he's coming and he's saying, repent, stop the way you're living. And then he says, come to me. And the invitation, Sounds like this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. I'm do your everyday life with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not gonna put anything heavy on you, nothing ill-fitting, Nothing that's out of step with your true self. Keep company with me and you're gonna learn how to live lightly and freely. And so last week we talked about what this means, what this invitation means, what it means to to throw off the stuff that hinders, the stuff that's ill-fitting. Everything's out of step with our true selves. Jesus wants to take it off and have us learn how to live freely and lightly. And he says that we do this by learning from him, learning the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, come to me and learn from me. And so today, what I want to consider, what I want us to think about is, what does it mean, in very real and practical ways, for you and I to learn from Jesus how exactly do we learn obviously we got to read the Bible and study what Jesus said Sermon on the Mount is a great place to start however if you do this what you find is that a lot of the times that Jesus is talking about learning he's talking about following his example or, or living the way that he lives The word disciple means to be sort of this learner follower that's watching, like apprentice, watching how somebody does it, and then you do it the way that he did it. So for you and I, if we're going to learn how to live in grace, take off everything that is ill-fitting, and be our truest version of ourselves, be our true selves, we have to learn how to live in grace. And we do this by following Jesus, by watching the way he does it and doing it his way. This doesn't mean that you and I have to be look exactly the way Jesus looked. We don't have to be a Jewish man living in the Middle East. Don't have to become a teacher like he was. Don't have to be homeless the way Jesus was homeless. Don't have to be poor. We don't have to follow any of the external things that marked Jesus' life. When Jesus says, follow me and learn from me and do it the way I do it, Take my yoke upon me. He doesn't mean just copy this external way of doing things. This is typically the way we follow somebody else. When I was growing up, I was a part of a ski school. So every Saturday, it's called Ski Jammers. So every Saturday I would get on a bus and I would go to a local area ski place and and we would spend a few hours skiing in groups and, and learning how to ski. And I remember every time that you would go skiing, you would see one or two people who were decked out head to toe in the most expensive ski gear. It was the 80s, so usually it was neon in color. And then they would get off the chairlift and like fall down, like they didn't even know how to get off a chairlift. Or you'd see them going down the hill and they would be snow plowing, decked head to toe in elite racing gear but just snow plowing or sliding their way down the mountain. And this is the way we typically follow another person, right? We, we copy their external appearance. We dress the way they dress. We, we start to talk the way that they talk. I knew a guy who grew up his entire life in Wisconsin and then he moved to New York and within a couple of years he had a thick Bronx accent. And everyone would be asking, where are you from? And he'd say, Wisconsin, and they'd be like, what? It was just like, so cool was that New York persona to him that he decided to copy the accent. And this is often how we can mistakenly, as humans, think that it means to follow Jesus. We can take some of those external markers of his life and think that we can dress ourselves up and be, follow Jesus just by wrapping those things around us. But Jesus is saying, this is not how you are called to follow me. For Jesus, when he says, follow me, he means train like me. Don't bother dressing like me. I want you to be like me on the inside in your inner life. Remember, the goal is for each of us to become our true selves, and we're all diverse and unique in wiring. So Jesus says, follow me. He means train like me so that you can love others the way I love others. Be fully yourself the way I am fully myself serve others the way I am free to serve others because I know who I am and in our passage for today Jesus is explaining the key place in your life and in my life where the real learning from Jesus happens he's naming this key place that you and I have to follow him and if we do we go deeper into the way of grace, become more fully ourselves, and start to learn, live freely and lightly. And here is the key crux of his teaching. It's in verses 25 and 26. He says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So when Jesus says to you and he says to me, come to me and learn from me, this is the primary place that you and I have to learn from Jesus. We have to learn To let go of our life in this world so that we keep it for eternal life. We have to learn to hate our life in this world. This is what he wants us to learn. Learn to hate your life in this world so that you keep it for eternal life. To hate your life in this world doesn't mean that you hate doing good, fun things. It doesn't mean that you have to hate going for a run or, or hate reading a good book or hate attending a rock concert or hate taking a vacation on the beach. It also doesn't mean you can't enjoy a new iPhone or tech device. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy a new car. It doesn't mean that you and I can't enjoy good fashion or taking care of your body by working out. To hate your life in this world doesn't mean any of those things. To hate your life in this world, just really the language or phrase of world is common in in the Gospel of John, and it means worldliness. So you hate your life in sort of this worldliness sense. It's the broader cultural pressures that you and I feel, the ill-fitting things that are placed upon us where we feel like we have to conform and be somebody we are not in order to fit in and prove that we are good. So hating your life in this world means hating the ill-fitting things that the world puts on us, that you and I feel we have to do in order to be a good person, prove ourselves, have an identity. It's all the things the world says that we have to do, all the groups we have to belong to to be good. Learning from Jesus means that we learn to live in grace. Accept that we are already loved for nothing that we could do, and face all the ways that we fail by the world's standards to be good enough and die to those things. Hate the world. Hate the, the, my life of status in this world. Which means then I am free to be my true self in the grace of God. And this is the stuff that we talked about last week. It's the stuff that comes from the world but also dwells deep within us because we're so deeply formed by the world the sort of religions of the world that we talked about last week where jesus said are you worn out on religion are you worn out in the things you believe will bring you happiness and last week we talked about these religions of the world as this belief in power and control affection and esteem and security and survival belief that if i can have power and control if i can have affection and esteem if i can have security and survival i will be happy so what Jesus is saying is that learning from him means that we learn to live from this posture of listening to the spirit who's calling us to live this life of love. And when it means that we're going to lose power and control or affection, or security and survival, we see this as losing our life in this world. And we learn how to hate those things and live sort of free to love and serve those around us. Whenever we're following this voice that's calling us to live this life of love, Jesus talks about a seed that dies in terms of, he's using this metaphor of a seed that dies and then produces many seeds. So this idea of living for others, for the benefit of other people, cause, we have to die to this worldliness. Whenever we're following this voice that causes us to lose power and control, affection and esteem, security and survival, we're facing a moment where there's this tension between our life in the world and the life that god is calling us to live and this is the most important moment of us learning from jesus this is where we really need to follow jesus when jesus experienced this this is what he did when he was facing the cross john records him saying this now my soul is troubled so when we face these things we're losing our life in the world we're losing status where we're losing power, where life feels out of control, where people don't like us, where it feels like our well-being, our security and survival is threatened. When we're in these moments, we are troubled deeply in our soul. And Jesus names that. Now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this? Save me from this hour? No. It's for this reason that I came to this hour. So he prays, Father, glorify your name. So to learn from Jesus means that we follow this way of confronting our little deaths of this, in this world. So we learn how to hate our world in this very specific way. In the face of these moments, we accept them. We let go of the things that causes us so much pain and trouble in our soul. And we surrender to God and say, God, glorify your name. Make me a person who's so dependent upon your grace that it brings you glory. Matthew, all the gospel writers record Jesus saying this. Matthew puts it this way. Whoever want, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So John says, hate your life in this world. Matthew says, take up your cross. So the way Jesus faced the cross, you and I have to face a cross. Jesus, Matthew says, It records Jesus saying, whoever wants to be my disciple, it means whoever, disciple just means learner. So whoever wants to learn from me, this is what you have to do. This is where your learning happens. Face your cross. Face the thing that brings trouble and pain to your soul. Let go. Hate your life in this world. Let go of power and control. Let go of your unhealthy attachment to affection and esteem. Let go of the way you are clinging to security and survival in the future. Surrender to God and let him have his way. Say, Father, glorify your name in me. So let's think of some real practical examples of what this looks like. Over the last few years, I've increasingly spent time in different spiritual formation programs. I've been in the spiritual director program that finished up this spring. I've been participating in a ministry called Restoration Ministries. And one of the things that has happened is I've been in these two separate spaces. So I've noticed something similar about both these spaces. They are very um, female heavy. They're very, a um, lot of women, a lot of, especially older women, in, in both of these programs. And part of the nature of these programs is that you're learning how to listen to the voice of god so you're paying attention to what is happening in your own life within you and in your story so as we do that together we're sharing our stories with one another we're sharing our points of pain together and so as i've spent the last handful of years in these spiritual formation ministries i've been doing a lot of listening to older women and one of the things that i have become aware of is um, but it is not uncommon for a lot of women to name the pain that they have suffered at the hands of their husbands. And I've been particularly aware of the way the church has created an environment that, that is either fostering this or encouraging this or complacent towards it, towards it when it happens. And a lot of times it's in the name of the church telling people, take up your cross. And suffer Now, women have have just consistently endured abuse from their husband as if that's their cross to just allow their husband to abuse them but that's not what Jesus is saying taking up your cross means that you start to live a God-centered life that you start to live from this place of listening and obeying We discern all of our decisions through this filter of what is God calling us to do. And then we act with conviction and let go of our need to control the outcome. And so one of the things that I've heard in a lot of these women's stories is that as they start to really listen to what God is calling them to do, one of the ways that God calls them to take up their cross is to speak up, to name what they need in their relationships with their families, for them, their cross is losing, or fear of losing, the affection and esteem from their husbands, or from their children, because they're starting to disrupt their family system by naming their own needs and taking care of themselves and listening to the Spirit and obeying the Spirit. For them, the cross, as they listen and discern God's voice, is allowing their spouse to be upset with it. Which, because of their family of origin and the way the culture has formed them, is incredibly painful. This is what Jesus is calling them to do, and as they learn to listen to the Spirit speak with their true voice in their marriage, they start to live more freely and lightly as they learn how to be okay with having a spouse who's upset with them. This is incredibly hard. This type of learning with jesus so much harder than learning greek and hebrew in seminary so much harder than reading a hard theological text learning to die to our unhealthy attachment to affection and esteem from others feels like a terrible cross let's think of another example one of the things i've noticed as my children have gotten older is that the nature of my relationship with them evolved. So I have a, a child who just entered high school and a child that just started kindergarten. And the way that I parent these two children is very different, which is a good thing. I want my relationship to be different. But so like when I put my youngest to bed, I have to like kind of go with him every step of the way. I have to put toothpaste on his toothbrush, make sure he brushes his teeth, goes to the bathroom, help him get his pajamas on, get him into bed, tuck him in, pray for him, and say goodnight. With my oldest, I say, I think you have swim practice at 5.30 tomorrow morning, right? Maybe it's time to go to bed. And then he goes, okay, okay, I'll go to bed in five more minutes. And that's it. And I say, I love you, good night. And this is different. This is totally normal. This is what you want. I don't, if I have to put toothpaste on the toothbrush for my high school student, that's not a good thing. I've failed at parenting. I don't, so that's good. But this process of... Changing parenting style is really normal as kids become increasingly independent as they grow up. This is just the beginning for me. I know that this process of letting go of my kids is going to continue as he gets older in high school and as he then goes, all my kids grow up and eventually go to college, move out, get married, start their own families. And this process can be hard for parents who tend to be controlling. If you feel like everybody in your family has to be doing things just right, your kids have to perform in exactly the right way, if you want to control every detail of their lives so everything works out well for them, then watching your kids grow up, listening to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit cares very much that parents love their children. When the Holy Spirit starts calling us to love our children in a way that means letting go of them, stopping controlling them, because controlling an adult is not a loving thing. This can feel like death for someone who is overly attached to power and control. Okay, one more example. I've shared before that I like listening to Dave Ramsey, he's this financial planning budgeting guy, he's got all these YouTube clips, so I watch these things. And one of the things I've noticed is this common theme where people will get into a financial crisis, learn about his program, get out of debt, pay off their house, start investing and saving, and after a handful of years, actually become quite wealthy. Have millions and millions of dollars sometimes. Going from being deeply in debt, to having a ton of money, and then they'll call in, this happens fairly regularly, they'll call into his program and say something like this, I can't stop saving. I have been so afraid of getting into debt again, I don't allow myself to do anything. So there'll be people who are making $500,000 a year, who drive cars that have 200,000 miles on them, And they want to upgrade to a car that has 80,000 miles on it and costs $15,000 and they can't allow themselves to spend this small amount of money. If you have these tendencies, if you're a saver like this, you may be deeply afraid of losing your life in this world, the security that money provides for you. So you're just trying to save and save and save. And so for you, the spirit might say to you, give, be generous. But that feels like a terrible cross, this invitation to be generous. Maybe it's not with money with you, maybe it's with time. For you, giving may be your cross. These are three simple examples of how we just live our normal, average, everyday life. We're going to be faced with the Spirit calling us to love the people around us, and we're going to have this inner resistance that's going to feel like a cross. Jesus says, Come to me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And if this is what it means to learn from Jesus, to die, to, to face our crosses, to hate our life in this world, to let go of power and control, affection, esteem, security and survival, then this is the way that you and I learn to live in grace by facing our crosses, by facing or hating our life in this world. The wife dying to her need for affection and esteem from her husband when she stands up, this is a way for her to get rooted more deeply in grace and then live freely and lightly. The parent dying to his or her need to control his own or her own children is a way that he or she, even though it's so painful to let go of your kid, this is a way you become a more loving person. person who dies to their need for security in life by hoarding money, by starting to give it away sacrificially, As painful as that is as real as that sacrifice is this is a way that you and I let go and hate our life in this world and get more deeply planted in the grace and love of God there's something about facing our crosses facing these hardships that helps us learn grace so I wonder today what Is Jesus wanting to teach you? What is hard? What are are you facing in your life right now that causes your soul to be troubled? You feel weak, powerless, out of control? Do you feel like you're losing status or friends or esteem? Is there some way that you have lost security or feel like your survival? health is threatened. If you're experiencing any of these things, the temptation is always to pray, God, fix it, take it away. But let's follow Jesus, who prayed this, now my soul is troubled. Name the pain. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it's for this reason that I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Whatever pain or hardship you are facing, recognize that this is the moment of God's salvation. This is the moment when God can transform your being, where you can learn grace in a new way. Instead of focusing on how to get rid of the problem, open yourself up to God, welcome and let go of whatever you're clinging to, way that you're loving your life in this world and learn from jesus the unforced rhythms of grace let's pray merciful god we are slow to learn these unforced rhythms of grace our souls cling to all these things that we think will bring us happiness lord help us be gentle teach us your grace christ's name we pray amen